Amen. Uh, amen. I think I, I, I can't remember if I actually I said this publicly. I think I did, but eventually, if you do this long enough, it all runs together. But if you, if you, this is a rough estimate. It's not scientific at all, so I can't give you a exact number. But I just kind of, I'm, I'm a, I'm weird, and I like it. And one of the weird things about me is I love to just look at maps. I don't know. Do any of map people that just like to look at maps? Am I the only one? That's at least one. Thank anybody back here who? Yes, thank you, Brother Mallory. At least I'm not the only one. So I love Google Maps and just looking on it. But you know what's amazing? And here's the here's the the awesome part, but the sobering part for this group. And I I think I mentioned this before, but I want you, I'm gonna drive it home because Brother Jetty was saying that the vastness of people that are in this area. If you take not where we are right now, but if you take the location that the Lord has given us right up the, right up the road here on off 32, right there centrally located perfectly in the western part of our county. If you take, if you started there in that parking lot of what will be the new church building here in the next short while, if you drive 20 minutes in all directions... And because of the fact of it's sitting on a highway, you can drive a long way in 20 minutes at Maryland speeds because you can drive 32 all the way out to 29, to 1, to 95. You can go in both directions. That way you can get, you can get to 97 quickly all the way up to 100. You can go a lot of different directions. And I say 20 minutes because it's about 20 it's probably closer to 25, but I'll just use 20 as the buffer. 20 minutes from Antioch West location to the location in Arnold. It's probably more like 25, but we'll just call it 20. So if you stood there and you drove in a 360-degree length, spreading out as far as you could on those highways in 20 minutes, in 20 minutes you can be all I timed it. You can be all the way in Columbia from our property there in Odenton, you can be all the way in Columbia in less than 20 minutes. You can be in Laurel. You can be all over. In that area, in a 20-minute drive, there is no other church that preaches and believes what we believe. But here's the thing. In that area, there's about a million people in that area. Do you know that from the top of Baltimore to the southern part of southern reaches of the suburban area of D.C. in the northern Virginia. So if you take that swath, you use the Chesapeake Bay as your boundary and Frederick as your other boundary. You just take a big chunk of land from the top of Baltimore there just below the Pennsylvania line all the way down through D.C. to the bottom part there in the northern Virginia and you have your eastern boundary will be the Chesapeake Bay. The western boundary will be Frederick. In that area, I believe I read somewhere the population is somewhere around 11 million people. Think about the soberness of that from the fact of here we are. And it's easy for us to get caught up in our life and our difficulty and our struggles and forget, Brother Owens, the vast responsibility that God has given us 
that God has put us in this place and God has called you, each one of you, in case we don't know, we are preaching now. So again, I, Genesis 1-1 in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. There you go. I saw some of you twitching. Is he preaching or talking? If he's talking, that means he hasn't preached. And if he hasn't preached yet and he's talking, how long until he gets preaching so we can get out of here? Goodness, good. <laughs> I could sense it in the spirit. I don't know if it was the gift of the spirit or just the gift of suspicion. Now I forgot where I was. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but you, but the responsibility that God given all of us here because all of us came here because we felt like God put us here. And the fact of the matter is God has placed us in a situation. Do you know that there are, this is, this is, there are places down south, Louisiana, there are, church, there are towns of 5,000. There will be, and this is not an exaggeration, there's 20 churches that believe what we believe in a town of 5,000. And literally, do you know what they do? They just shuffle saints. And here we are, we're stuck here, and we're the only lighthouse in the darkness of a million people. There may be some other churches, and I mean this sincerely, I hope there are some other churches. But the fact of the matter is God has put us here, and God put you here. And the thing about it is, for you and I, the problem for most of us is, is that we understand that, but, you know, we got to go to work, we got bills to pay, and we got things we have to do, and we're caught between sort of these two worlds. And, and not to get into it tonight because Bishop Wright did such an amazing job covering it in great detail. And I could never do it justice in 30 minutes, much less than the 20 hours he spent on it. But, but if you look at what Jesus laid out to us in the breakdown of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, if you read the Bible at all and you begin to study the Bible at all, you'll notice that Matthew, Mark, and Luke are extremely similar. In fact, Matthew, Mark, and Luke have a lot of the similar things in it. Very much the same things that are covered. And, and theologically, they call Matthew, Mark, and Luke the synoptic gospels. And synoptic meaning similar. It's just a fancy word of saying similar because they all come from a similar Source. They come from the similar. And don't forget the Gospels were not written. It's not like Jesus died and he was resurrected and then Matthew hit the bookshelves the next day. What like Mark and, and, and Luke were bestsellers right after, you know, Jesus is ascending into heaven and Matthew's turned around and said, here, take this Gospel. You need to take it home and read it. Here you go. Here's the pamphlet. It didn't happen that way. In fact, Matthew, Mark, and Luke were probably written some estimates, 30 years after all this. But there's something about Mar Matthew and Luke cover what we've become to know, and the bishop talked about in the last number of weeks, months, covered the kingdom prayer. We, most religion calls it the Lord's Prayer, but it really is the prayer of the kingdom. And Luke kind of talks about it, and he has an order by which it goes to. But I was just kind of looking, and, and I, your Bible may have, have this, but some Bibles, and my Bible app has it where in a, in a chapter, let's say Matthew chapter 6, certain blocks of Scripture have a heading. You have that in your Bible, or maybe something on your app you use and has a heading, it'll call it something. And I was just scrolling through, kind of just doing some, some just 
I hate to call it this way, recreational Bible reading, just kind of scanning through. And I noticed for a minute, and, 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 I, and, and Bishop covers this greatly, so I'm not trying to teach what he taught or talk about what he taught. I, I, I want to go somewhere tonight just for a few moments and not try to rehash what he has because you've listened to all the call to war briefings. You probably can teach it better than I can. But I noticed something about the, the way Matthew laid out the different elements that were being talked about because Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse number 5, is where we begin, begins to talk about prayer and begins to talk about the kingdom and what that means. And then right after going into that, you would think, here he is, he's talking about prayer and talking about your kingdom come, your will be done, and all the things about what we're called to do. And you would think he would follow that up with some kind of some kind of charge, some kind of, some kind of go get them, guys. Here it is, giving you the tools. Now go knock it out of the park. But he follows it up with something that seems to be sort of on the subject but off the subject. Because right after, right after he goes through this, in verse 14 and 15, finishes what we call the Lord's Prayer. The next little section, he talks about fasting. But then, beginning with verse number 19, it's the same thought. Remember, in the original text, there were no chapter markings. There were no verse verse markings. So if you're reading this as a person sitting there reading the Gospel of Matthew, you're reading it as a full, you're not reading, okay, verse 19, verse you're reading it as a full combined letter. And I want to read to you just for a moment. And those of you that didn't read your Bible this week, I'll catch you up on your Bible reading real quick here. I'm going to read to you out of the New Living Testament because it's a little more palatable and I won't get my tongue twisted and on the these and the thous and the thuses. But I want you to read. So just, I, I want to get this, okay? Jesus, the chapter before Matthew chapter 5 was the great beatitudes sort of the the foundation of Christian character can I just stop there for a second it's I don't have notes tonight so we're just going to follow the Holy Ghost we get so caught up on the outward and we forget character is probably the greatest part of holiness. You could be dressed like a monk tonight, but if you're a jerk, I mean, you could look like the you could dress like the Amish, but if you're just ignorant, Brother Shoot said years ago, your character. Will ne- your gifting will never outrace your character. And that's why so many, many of us, we feel like we got all this stuff God's given us, but why isn't God using it? Because he's working on your character. And so he goes through this whole kind of thing about the Beatitudes and Christian character, and he goes to the verse of chapter 5, is talking about all this thing. And I read this yesterday. I thought it was phenomenal. I'll throw it out there. And you just let it chew on it for a second. I read this saying. I forgot. I don't know who, who, who's it attributed to. I wish I could came up with it. But I can't. I, I didn't come up with it. But I thought it was awesome. 
It says, the circumstances that you're praying for God to change are the circumstances God is using to change you. I'll run that back to you because some of you missed the train. The circumstances that you are praying for God to change are probably the circumstances God is using to change you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, here he is. He just gave you this. Now, watch what we go into. This is all in red letters, so we know it's more powerful than the black letters. So, we're still in red letters. If it was black letters, we just pass over it. But this is red letter stuff, folks. If you don't read the Bible for anything else, read the red letters. I'll get you to heaven. The black letter stuff, that's just for those who want more. But the red letter stuff, that's what you got to read. So we're still in red letter stuff. And Jesus just gave us some red letter nuggets of how to pray in the kingdom to come. But then he follows it up with this. And he says, don't store up your treasure here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Whoa, 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 what, I, I, what about the kingdom? This is talking about the kingdom. And then he breaks it down this way. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. This is pre-television. This is pre-internet. I mean, this is pretty amazing stuff pre-technology. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your, your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. My God. What I'm allowing, what I'm looking at is determining the condition of my entire body. Woo! But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. I don't know why I can't pray, preacher. I don't know why it's a struggle to go to church. Why don't you start with what you're looking at? We have never in history lived in a more visual world than what we live in now. Now more and more and more and more television is trying to become more and more real. I mean, they got 4K. Now they got super 4K, curved 4K. And now if that's not good enough, you can take your cell phone, strap it to your head, and see like it's really out there. In this whole thing with virtual reality, why? Because they're trying to appear to what you see. Because if I can get you to look at something, I'm not against, I don't, I don't, oh Lord, I hope, this is a problem when the Lord doesn't give you notes. You just kind of flow with the Holy Ghost. You never know what's going to come out. And I just have to trust the Lord. He can clean it up if I make a mess of it. I'm not anti-Hollywood. I'm not anti-movies and TV. I watch movies. I watch, I enjoy stuff. I'm not, I'm not here to get on the banter of no movies and all that kind of stuff or no TV. I, I have certain things I enjoy to watch, certain things that I enjoy to, 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 to do and try to keep it uh, wholesome and uplifting. And nowadays you got to be more and more careful because there's a lot of stuff out there that's subtle. But I, I enjoy watching a good movie every once in a while and enjoy watching a good show every once in a while. I'm, I'm not 
going to split hell wide open for doing that as long as you keep within context. But you ever notice this? If you go back, you look at the social changes in our world today that are in our face, and you go back 20 years ago, those things were subtly being put in TV and movies. Back then, you know, 20 years ago was a joke. You know, you'd see a... Oh, I just go ahead and say it. Same-sex couple. It was a joke 20 years ago. Laughed about it, on the, but now it's just subtly. Why? Because there's something about that. The devil understands the tools by which. And Jesus said, listen, you can tear down the kingdom all you want. You can go shoot hell with a water gun. But if you don't keep what you're doing with your eye, you're going to end up in a place you don't want to end up. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one, this is all the same, same thought, folks. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink Enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant the har- plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can, uh, now watch this. This is, this is the New Living Testament. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work. Or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that they're here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will you eat? What will you drink? What will you wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And we're still in, the, we're still in red letters. It's just they decided to go from verse chapter 6 to chapter 7. Again, here's the principle. Deliverance takes it out. Discipline keeps it out. I'm going to say it again. You missed that. Deliverance takes it out. Discipline keeps it out. So here's what happens. Last week, boy, call the war, man. We were charging them. Shooting arrows and firing spears. And we were fired up, man. We were just ready to go. And you come in here, or let's just take it a little more closer to home. You come in, boy, and, and, and the Spirit of God moves, and you come down, and boy, you just are just overwhelmed. And, and you come down front, you lift your hands, and someone puts their hand on you and begins to speak the word of faith, and boom, it hits you. Boy, just, it just, it breaks off of you, and it's like, my goodness, do I feel good? Why is it that most of the time that happens by next Friday? We're right back there again. And so guess what? Next Sunday, what we're back doing? Same thing. 
And we get this revolving circle of people that just come up, get touched, go back, get touched. Why? Because deliverance will take it out, but discipline will keep it out. To get delivered just takes the word. Speak the word. As we sing tonight, bind the devil in Jesus' name. Because let's be honest, when God's involved in it, deliverance is not, it's not that big of a deal, not that hard. You got faith, God's got the power, boom. But you know what? So many times we do that and we're like, okay, God, it's all on you. And we don't follow it up with things in our life to keep the victory that we win. Because you know what? It's not enough for Antioch West to have victory. You've got to have victory in your own life. If this church is going to go where God's taking, it's not going to be because we've got the victory. It's because people in here start getting the victory. And when one gets it, two gets it, two gets it, four, four, eight, eight, sixteen, at sixteen, thirty-two, thirty-two, sixty-four, it starts building from that versus us coming here and saying, well, I'm a part of a victorious church, but I'm bound by hell. It don't work that way. I don't want to just be a part of a church that's free and me be bound. Because if I get free, then I'll take that freedom when I go to church. And when I come into church, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So I'm not interested in winning the victory on Sunday and losing it on Monday. And Jesus is telling us in Matthew 6, I'm giving you the key here. I'm giving you the, pro, the, the program by which you're going to use to take steps forward in my kingdom and win the victory. However... What are you going to do with the victory when you get it? Back it up here for a minute. Back it up. You've got the victory. Now what? Because you know what? Jesus understands you've got to go to work. He understands you've got to lie. And he said, here's the problem. The farther you get away from that spiritual high, the more life creeps in at you. Now you start worrying about, i got to do this, got to do that, got to have all this. And all of a sudden now the balance of your spiritual existence starts to shift again. And guess what? That spiritual high gets farther and farther away. And now you're getting so caught up in the, in the temporal. And he said, time out. Don't forget that the things you're working so hard for here, it's gone in an instant. But if you really want to do something worthwhile, really work for the stuff that's going to last. And then he goes a little farther into this and talks about the fact that 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 what you're letting into your light, what you're letting in, what you're watching, what you're, what you're seeing with your eye is affecting the condition of your body. And then he goes a little farther than that and talks about the fact that here you are and you've got, you've got stuff, you've got clothes, you've got, a, you've got bills to pay and all that stuff. And you can let that overwhelm you and worry about it. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that he truly supplies all of our needs. Now, let's just stop right here and give a quick disclaimer. That doesn't mean I go out and run a credit card bill up to $10,000, and then I just come to church and say, God, you're going to take care of it. Woo! Thank you, Best Buy. I mean, come on, let's be honest. There's a, there's a line between our needs and our wants. And I, can I be honest with you? Some of you are in your financial stress not because you're in need, because you listen to your want. 
And you know what I think God's going to do? He may let you stay there for a little while. I just want to throw that out there. Because some of you are like, well, I'm doing everything, but I'm not being blessed. I wonder why you're not being blessed. Because you know what? You bought a house you shouldn't have bought. You bought a car you shouldn't have bought. You bought this you shouldn't have bought. And all of a sudden you're in financial stress. He goes through all this and then he finishes. And here's where I'm going and I'm finishing here. I'm not going to be very long. Verse chapter 7, here's where he goes. He just talked about all that and then he goes to this. And I'll read it out of the King James because I like it out of the King James actually better. Verse number 7, Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. Anyone that seeketh, findeth. Everyone that knocketh shall be opened. And what a man, or what man is there of you whom is asked of his son bread, and he will give him a stone, or ask a fish, he will give him a serpent. If ye then, being evil, know how to get good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, which is them, get good things to them that ask? Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that mention to you, do you also to them. For this is the law of the prophets. He, he kind of goes to this whole thing and, and starts to climax with, climaxed with this thought. Ask and keep on asking. That word ask is not, about a, not necessarily context, it, the context of a petition. The asking is what are you desiring? What are you craving? Because all this boils down to one thing. Where your desire is, your heart will be. Where your desire is tonight, there will your heart be. If you look at every great man and woman of God in the scripture, they had one thing in common. And that was they had great desire. And there was something down inside of their heart and inside of their spirit that would not leave them alone. That just kind of gnawed at them. That little voice that just kind of chewed at them. That would not let them be ordinary. That would not let them settle in just trying to exist and make it and go through the motions. But there was something down inside of them that was eating at them and gnawing at them to go a little farther. Don't pray five minutes. Pray ten minutes. Don't worship five minutes, worship ten minutes. Don't clap your hands for 30 seconds, clap them for 60 seconds. Don't dance for 10 seconds, dance for 20 seconds. Why? Because there's something down in my heart and my spirit that desires to go beyond where everybody else stops. You want to stop here and say, look, this has been great. It was awesome. How awesome is this? Yes, yo, that was great. But I'm not satisfied with what I've seen yet because there's something down in my heart and my spirit that says I know that God is able to do exceeding abundant above all I want to know if there's anybody here tonight that says listen I'm excited for what's happening and I'm excited for what God's done up to this point but instead of making me satisfied it's made me want him even more than I've ever before There's got to be something that breaks in somebody tonight. It's not going to be the whole group. It's never the whole group. It's never going to be 100%. But it's got to be some individuals that are willing to see. And I want, I'm really, really, really willing to go beyond what's expected. 
What do you need me to do, Brother Tino? Okay, that's what you need to do. That's what I'll do. No, 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 no. You know what? I know what needs to be done, but I'm not going to stop at what needs to be done. I'm going to go beyond what needs to be done. Okay, now this is simple, stupid. I'm not saying this to, 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 I'm just using illustration. Okay, let's take, let me pick up one chair. That's what I needed. No, 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 no. You know what? You guys all leave. I've got this section. I'm not saying do that tonight, please. My point is, is that most of the time we want to know, what, what, what do you need me to do? I, because that's the ceiling I want to hit to. No, no, no. Let's just rip the ceiling off. And say, you know what? Whatever you need me to do, that's great. But that's not where I'm stopping. I, wherever you want me to go, that's great. But that's not where I'm stopping. Because there's something greater that I'm believing for. That I have not seen, ear haven't heard, but I felt it in my spirit. Would you clap your hands to the Lord one more time right now? Oh, I feel something stirring in a heart of life in somebody here. It may only be one or two, but there's something stirred in somebody that there's a desire that's been opened up in you that you will not be satisfied with us just going to the motion. You won't be satisfied with empty seats. You won't be satisfied with barren altars. You won't be satisfied with empty baptismals. But there's something down in your heart that says God is able... I wish it would bother you when you went home and you look around you go, what? I didn't see anybody there tonight that needed the Holy Ghost. Instead of going, oh, well, that was a night service. We got through that. But you would go home and say, you know what? That bothered me. Stop pointing your finger up at me and expecting me to do all the work. Take some ownership of this thing. Let it bother you. Go home and say, you know what? We didn't have anybody there that need the Holy Ghost. You know what? We need to get some people there that need the Holy Ghost. You know what? I, wake, I came this Sunday, and guess what? Sunday morning, we didn't have anybody to get baptized. I don't, I'm not satisfied with that. That's too much. So we've let that be too much on the preacher. Because that's what, who's supposed to do all that. No, no, no. We're all in this together, honey. We all have got ownership of this thing. It, does it bother you that if we come to church and it just kind of go through the motion, do you leave and bothered by that? So you know what? I didn't come here to waste my time tonight and go through the motion. But when we come together, I'm expecting God to do something great. Boy, but if we could get some people. That it started bothering you when we show up to church and you say, well, you know what? There's nobody sitting on this row. There's nobody here. You know what? I don't want to come back again if there's not somebody on this row. I don't want to see empty seats here anymore. We got an empty seat there, 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 there. That's not right. There's too many people that are lost and going to hell for us to be satisfied and snug and just saying, you know what? It's okay. I just said it, folks. There's a million people that are going to spend eternity in hell. Let's just say, okay, let's just say there's some people out there that know God we don't know about. So let's just knock off 5%. So that's 950,000 people that are going to spend an eternity, not a week vacation, not a month, but an eternity. A time with no end in hell. Whoa. 
There's a, there is 950,000 people that are going to spend an eternity in hell. And we want to sit here and just be satisfied with a few good services and 10 goosebumps and a good song. My God, you guys at Severn, you guys at Brooklyn Park, don't expect Brother and Sister Owens and Brother and Sister Brown to be the ones that care. That should bother you. You guys that live in, that go to the Severn congregation, you drive by all those people in there and those in those areas of oppression and all that in Pioneer City and Severn River and all that stuff over there and you don't go by there and something in your heart doesn't pound because you feel the burden of Jesus on you? You need to go find somewhere and say, God, help me. Because you know why? You know what they mean? You've got treasure stored up in here, but you've forgotten the whole purpose of this. You guys that are in Brooklyn Park in that oppressed depressed dark area up there where there's just people after people that are empty if on your way to church it doesn't just pull at your heart well I gotta get to church you know I'm just gotta get to church today because we gotta sing three songs hear someone talk and go home and get something to eat really? folks 950,000 people are going to hell. And we have been called. And I, I, I'm not saying we're the ones that called to reach all of them. But we've been called to reach somebody. Let's just say we've been called to reach 10%. That's 95,000. That's a lot. And do you think that's going to happen with us just doing what's expected? Or is there going to have to be somebody that's willing to go beyond what's expected? If there's somebody willing that it bothers you, it bothers you. It bothers you. As David prayed, let the sighing of the prisoner come before me. Does it bother you that the people that are in that line at the store, my God, the traffic in this area is so bad. But I want you to, rem- I want you to remember next time you're in traffic. Here's how I want you to get a picture. Traffic locked up in this area, which makes you want to pull your hair out. Someone told me the other day, well, you could live in L.A. I don't need to live in L.A. This is bad enough. It feels like L.A. I've been to L.A. It ain't much worse than this. But you know what? Next time you're in traffic and it's just locked up, I want you just to picture every single one of those cars is carrying people into hell. And God has given us the ability and the privilege to be the ones He uses What if it was you? I got to be honest with you. Can I be honest? I'm trying to, the Holy Ghost is here, but I'm not trying to drag this out. I've let my, I've got to be very transparent with you tonight. Sometimes I've let let myself get intimidated. I've listened to that that evil lie. They don't want to hear what you have to hear. They don't want to. 
they don't want that. They don't want anything to do with that. I've heard that lie in my head, Naria, so many times. Don't, don't, don't tell them that. They're going to think you have five heads. Oh, you can't say that kind of stuff nowadays. You'll offend somebody. So if it was you, and you were going somewhere, and you didn't know where you were going, would you not want somebody to at least take a chance? Would not someone to reach down in that pit you were in? Boy, someone, thank God somebody reached down that pit. It's like God, someone just loved you enough to pull you out of that pit with the help of the Holy Ghost. Think about how many people in that same condition, remember until you telling your testimony at the men's thing, where you were. I can't imagine how many people were in that same place. And God's put you and I here. The ability to reach out. I mean, come on, folks. It'd be one thing if we're doing all this just to build a crowd. And so we can walk around and go, where do you go to church? Well, I go to Antioch West. We're just the biggest church in the area. Woohoo! Aren't we awesome? That's not what it's about. God, it's so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. We're talking about eternal souls. And i got to be honest with you. Ever since I was a kid, and I'll close with this. Ever since I was a kid, I don't know if it was a God-given gift or just imagination. I think it was God-given. I remember as a kid, I would lay in. I remember specifically, we used to go on camping trips. Some of you used to go on those church camping trips all those years. We have some, camp, we have some church campers here. Sister Doolin was one of them. Tisha was on a lot of those. Brother Mallory used to roll up in there and... Lori was, yeah, Lori was there. We had, boy, we 14, 15 years in a row. Sister Breck was there. And we always would do this thing, and we would always sit around the campfire at night, and it, it was easier. It would start off small as we got, man, it got more and more people. But back in the original ones, it was good because there's only maybe 50, 60 people. And it was an ability to watch Bishop at his best. I've never seen anybody that is is. is better at an open question forum than Bishop Wright. I, it's going to take the Holy Ghost speaking to me with a booming voice to ever do a question and answer with everybody. I've never seen him stumped one time. But we'd always have those questions and we always have the only, we always have every time the eternal, Brother Mallory, remember that? The eternal question. Like, what happens when this? What happens? I remember one particular night we were in, we were in Big Meadows, Shenandoah. I probably couldn't have been more than 12, 13 years old. Probably mean younger than that. Probably 11. I don't remember. I remember laying in, that, at, at, in, my, in the pop-up with my parents. I probably was 12, 13 because my brother was married. Probably 13. I'm laying there in that pop-up. My parents are at the other end of the camper and they're asleep. And I'm laying there and I'm literally paralyzed with fear. Because I'm thinking about the fact of how long eternity truly is. And in my brain, this is how weird my brain is, but this is how I did it. I would sit there and I would stretch my brain as far as I could into the distance of time. And I'd get way out there as far as I could. And imagine that period of time passing and then realize it just keeps going. And I'd 
start again. And I pushed myself way out there as far as I could. I mean, I'm, I'm, like, I'm thinking in like a million years, two million years. I'm way out there just expanding my imagination and reaching as far as a 13-year-old's brain can reach. And when I got to the end of my reach, I realized that's not even the end. That's not even the beginning. It never stops. It'd be one thing to say, you know what? Look, if you don't make it and you go to hell, two years tops, he'll be over with. Two years. And you know what? In those two years, you'll just disintegrate your... Your conscious, your soul will just evaporate. You'll no longer be. That would be, that would be bad, but at least you would know there's an end in sight. The hard thing, Brother Joel, to wrap my head around is, is that it's like the ride that never stops. We were talking to Bishop Wright the other night, and he said this statement, and it really made me think, God's actually in hell. Do you know that? Because hell's void of the presence of God, but there's, God is working in hell. You know why? Here's why. Because the Bible says that hell was created for the devil and his angels. So hell was created. I don't know why I'm on this. I have no idea how in the world we ended up here, where we're here. The Bible says hell was created for, his, for, for the devil and his angels. Meaning hell was created to truly torment and punish spirit beings. That's how bad it is. But yet... Human, non-spirit beings, even though it, it will be an eternal body, we're not spirit beings, are going to go to a place that was designed to torment spirit beings. So what is going to have to happen to preserve a human to be able to withstand that kind of punishment forever? So somehow God is going to give your body the ability to withstand the punishment as crazy as that sounds so that your body can last forever when you think about that folks i'm not trying to scare anybody if you think i'm trying to scare you you need jesus i'm trying to get you to think for a moment folks this is so much bigger than, oh, well, who got to sing tonight? Or what am I doing in the church? Well, I want to do this, and they don't let me do that. Or, or well, you know, I don't know if, not, if I'll ever be used here in this church. i got to go find another church. Or, it's so much bigger than that. It's amazing sometimes, brother. I want some of the, just the, the, can I just say it plainly? Just me and you talking, they're, they're not here. Just a bunch of knucklehead stuff you have to deal with. We're dealing with eternity, folks. We're going to get caught up in a bunch of little stuff that gets us all twisted up and gets us all bunched up and we're going to end up lost because we got offended because someone looked at us the wrong way in church and so we get offended and walk away and end up in hell? Come on, folks. This is bigger than that. And to know that we get one shot at this and when that shot's done, We live in the video game world. Video game world, you should try, you know. I grew up, I was the Mario World generation. Mario World was cool because there was a, there was a level on the original. I'm talking about going back. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. 
Some of you are too old to know what I'm talking about. Some of you are too young to know what I'm talking about. But there was a level in Mario World that was like a, like a glitch in the game. You could get like 99 lives. There was like a place on the thing. You could just bounce and it would just kick you out. And 99 lives. It's like, man, I get 99 lives. And you know what? I didn't worry. I didn't play Mario and afraid to make a mistake. Because you know what? I make a mistake, I start over again. I got this. I got 99 tries. 99 and a half on through. That's another subject for another day. But you know what? I don't have another chance at this. You don't have another chance at this. This world doesn't have another chance at this. I'm trying to say all that to say, folks, that God has put us in this position and we are poised and ready to go forward. And this thing's ready to explode, but it's not going to happen unless there's some people that are willing to go the extra mile. I wonder right now where you are, just close your eyes. It's not, not emotional, because I don't want it to be emotional. It's not about tugging your emotions. This is about a decision of your heart that somebody needs to talk to the Lord for a moment and let the Holy Ghost get a hold of you tonight. And let there be an eternal fire, just I mean just a consuming fire get a hold of you tonight. Something that can't, that won't leave you alone. Something that just wakes you up in the middle of the night. Not with fear and terror, but there's something that wakes you up to realize it's bigger than all this. God, oh, help us tonight. Lord, you see every person in this place today. And God, you've hand-picked us for this moment. You brought every one of us here. Some of us came. Some of us were chosen. Some of us are brand new. But we're here tonight. And you've ordained all of this. God, you've called each and every one of us. I'm praying, God, tonight. The spirit of desire would be loosed in this place. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come against every spirit of intimidation, spirit of fear. I bind it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I loose a spirit of boldness over your people in Jesus' name. I loose a spirit of boldness that would shake us and get a hold of us. Boldness in the Holy Ghost. Not boldness in our boasting and our ability, a boldness in the Holy Ghost. Confidence in you, boldness in you. I loose that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I loose that in this place. By the authority of the word and by the power of the name of Jesus. I loose a spirit of boldness would rise up in this room tonight. Every individual whose heart is open, God, I pray that you would get a hold of them tonight with a spirit of boldness. A spirit of boldness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's your prayer right now, I want you just to stand in your, your, at where you are, lift your hands to heaven, and I want you just to begin to receive that, Lord. Rise up in me tonight.
Rise up in us tonight, Holy Ghost. Rise up, faith. Rise up, faith. Rise up tonight, Jesus. Rise up tonight. Oh, Come on, just another moment. Would you reach over next to somebody right now? Let's pray one for another. Come on, the Holy Ghost is in this place. I can't, I can't dismiss it right now. If you've got to go, you got to go. But there's something pulling in my spirit. Can you just reach over? Find somebody. Let's pray, God. Rise up in us tonight, Holy Ghost. Oh, spirit of boldness, rise up in this place. Spirit of faith, rise up in this place. Ilo ribo sekataha, sheni narande kiso mataha. Rise up tonight, Holy Ghost. Rise up tonight, Holy Ghost.
Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we read of the Holy Ghost being poured out. 3,000 people receiving the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 3, we find there's some things that begin to happen because there was a man that was healed. Things start to kind of go. There's a little friction. And Acts chapter 4, just a few, not, not even, I don't even know if it was a few weeks. After the book of Acts experience, the disciples got together. And here's what they prayed for. They didn't pray for God to change what was going on. They prayed, God, give us boldness. Verse 29, 30, somewhere in there, they, they, they said, Lord, grant unto thy servants boldness that we should preach your word. And then Acts 4, 31, the Bible says the place was shaken and they were filled again with the Holy Ghost. It's one thing for us to receive the Holy Ghost for ourselves, but there needs to be a new baptism of the Holy Ghost so that we can speak it to others. Too many times we stop at the receiving the Holy Ghost that saves us, but there's a second baptism that gets a hold of us that God uses us to save others. And we desire for that first one. Boy, God, fill me up. But where are the people that desire that second baptism? That first baptism, it was good. It took care of my sins and set me free. But God, baptize me again the second time that you can use me. Use me that someone else can be set free. I wonder if you could just reach your hands to heaven, lift up your voice one more time. And in your own words, say, God, baptize me. I received it the first time. But I want that second baptism. I want to receive that second thing. We talk about the Acts 2 experience, but what about the Acts 4 experience? They prayed for boldness, and the room was shaken, and they were filled with Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost and with boldness. It's great to have the Acts 2 experience, but what about the Acts 4 experience? we got to have an Acts 4 experience, folks. Not just an Acts 2 experience. God, give us an Acts chapter 4. Not just an Acts 2.38 experience, but give us an Acts 4.31 experience. Baptism of boldness. Baptism of Holy Ghost and fire and boldness. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Can we just clap our hands to the Lord and give Him thanks one more time? Hallelujah. God, we've got an Acts 2 experience, but we need an Acts 4 experience. Baptize us. Baptize us. Baptize us. Baptize me. Baptize me with boldness. And you know what? When God did that to those men, it was from that moment, are these the men that have turned 
the world upside down. If God could use that group, that small group, to affect that entire area of the world, and they didn't have cars, they didn't have email, they didn't have phones, they didn't have transportation, they had no ability to mass market or spread the word. They literally did it from house to house, individual by individual. If they could do that because they got a hold of God and God gave them boldness, what in the world could the 21st century church do? You say, well, it's hard where we are. Really? So Roman occupation, slavery, immense poverty, threat from Rome, that wasn't hard. Living with Democrats and Republicans, that's hard. But Rome, that wasn't a big, come on, folks, really. But they knew what to pray for, and when they got a hold of that, God changed them. We need boldness to get a hold of us so that we can step forward, proclaim the word, and God can manifest himself in a great way. Praise God. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time and give him praise. Amen. Praise God. Turn to, your, turn to somebody nearby and say, be bold. Be strong, for the Lord is with you. Turn somewhere else and say, be bold. Be strong, for the Lord is with you. Amen. God bless you. If you could help us break down tonight. God bless you. Go in peace in Jesus' name.